Shalom Aleichem. Welcome to the Schmooze, the Yiddish Book Center's podcast. I'm Lisa Newman, and today I'm visiting with Max Weinreich. Max is a postdoctoral researcher in mathematics at Harvard University. He comes to Yiddish through his family ties to the language. His great-grandfather, also named Max, Max Weinreich, founded the field of Yiddish sociolinguistics and was one of the three co-founders of YIVO. His grandfather, Uriel Weinreich, was a renowned Yiddish linguist in his own right. Drawn to Yiddish by a budding curiosity about his family's history, our guest Max was a student at the Yiddish Book Center's Steiner Summer Yiddish Program in 2016, where he worked on indexing poetry recordings. And he's been a steward of the Yiddish Book Center's Great Jewish Books Club since its inception. As a book steward, he leads discussion and conversation about both classic Jewish books and new translations. Welcome, Max. Hi, thanks for having me. Lovely to have you. I know um, we've sort of worked together in the virtual stratosphere, and I was lucky enough to run into you one one day last summer, I think, when you were visiting for a moment in person. So, yeah, this is great. Um, well, very exciting to have you on. And yes, you have been really a big part of behind the scenes in some ways of the Great Jewish Books Book Club. Um, and you've been moderating and facilitating. And I thought it'd be really fun to get you on and talk a little bit about your work, your background, and also what's in store for 2023. So, in the introduction, I mentioned your connection, um, as it were, to Yiddish. Can you speak a little bit about your family background and how it's found its way into your interests and work? Sure. Um, so, yeah, so I'm a Weinreich, which is a big name in Yiddish. Uh, I'm not sure I really realized how big a name it was when I was growing up. But uh, since I've become more and more acquainted with the language and the community around the language, I've definitely notice that <laughs> that's what people notice. Uh, so I, I didn't speak Yiddish at all until I was in college when a housemate of mine had done the Steiner program and told me that there was actually a young community of Yiddish speakers that I could be interacting with. And that was what really piqued my curiosity. So I took some private tutoring uh, while I was a college student and then eventually found my way to the Steiner program where I got involved. And it was after Steiner that the summer program at the Yiddish Book Center that uh, I heard about the role as a book club steward. And I sort of knew that I didn't want to do Yiddish professionally, but it sounded very exciting to me that I could have a uh, institutionalized place for it in my life uh, through reading and talking about books. It's interesting, the Yiddish Book Center's Steiner Summer Yiddish program is sort of our flagship program um, since we were founded in, what, 1980, and we've been offering, first it was a Yiddish internship where you unpack books during the day and you learn the language, and this has really grown to be quite a, quite a interesting summer program. Um, I'm fascinated that you can you and and the other participants, it's an um, application process, but um, those who are accepted in the program come with some beginner and some intermediate level. But after seven weeks, there's a real proficiency. Did that surprise you? Yes. I mean, I think that in my group, there were students of a few different levels, but everybody had somebody who they could talk to, uh, who they could work with, who was at their level. And 
I think what's most amazing about it is that the Yiddish doesn't necessarily stop at the end of the class period, that you'll be at the end of the day sitting around the dorm with people and you'll be chatting in a language that you're learning because you want to, not because somebody is watching you, making sure that you're speaking it correctly. And I think that that, that it's what I really remember loving most about it is the informal opportunities to sort of find my own way through speaking the language. Yeah, I, as an aside, I would have to say, it's, so many people say, come and they say that they don't speak Yiddish, but their grandparents did, and they used it as a language to talk about things when they didn't want us to hear them. And with the Steiner Summer Program, it's always fun to me when I arrive in the morning and students are coming in from the dorms next door, um, and they'll be speaking in Yiddish. And I think, oh, they're doing that so I can't understand them. It's like a, <laughs> <laughs> it's a generational switch. So when you came, also, we had launched Great Jewish Books Summer Program, which introduces high schoolers to modern Jewish literature. And I think that there's a really interesting connective tissue between um, understanding that the roots of modern Jewish literature include Yiddish. And we're doing so much with Yiddish and translation to get that out to English language readers. And it's now the focus of the book club. I'd love to hear your thoughts on, on how you sort of see that arc, um, as it were, and that connection. Well, I think what do most people think of as being Jewish books? I think people know Philip Roth, and if they know a more current author, they might know Jonathan Safran Foer. Um, and so probably the most Jewish book that I can remember reading as a high school student would have been Everything is Illuminated, which has it as a major theme. But there's a lot more Jewish literature than that. And it gets the fact that it goes back as far as it does, I mean, in the Book Center program, we've been reading books that go all the way back to the 1700s in the case of Gleekel's memoir, which is just astonishing that it is possible to find readable literature from that time or readable memoirs. And uh, so I think what's wonderful about the book club selections are that they cover so many different areas of of writing and it goes much further than what you might find on a typical Jewish family's bookshelf today. Have you been surprised by the work in translation? I have been surprised. I mean, I think again, Gleekel's memoir is a good case. So for those who don't know, this is the memoir of a Jewish woman who lived, I think in the 1700s, although I have to double check the exact year. Um, and she wrote a memoir at a time when people did not really write memoirs uh, by and large. So not only is it one of the early examples of writing by a Jewish woman, but it's an early example of the form of memoir. And it's very compelling. It has episodes. It almost reads like Candide by Voltaire. And it's kind of episodic, uh, madcap nature at times. And uh that's something that I don't think that you would find interesting if it weren't translated well. So what's really important uh, is to have not just new translations of books that haven't been translated before, but to have fresh and readable translations. And 
I know that the Yiddish Book Center is actually responsible for producing a lot of those translations through the White Goat Press and through the Translator Fellowship. So some of the books that we've been reading have actually been products of that Translation Fellowship, which is really lovely. Yeah, it's very exciting to see what's coming out of that fellowship and that there's a you know new generation um, of literary translators to get this language out there um, or the, the works in Yiddish out there. Um, and you know, sometimes I refer to things here as a guilty pleasure because I get to read books um, for work mm-hmm. and I get to attend programs. And it, I sense that that's something that's true for you. You really do engage with this literature. Yes, I I do love reading the books. I think I did not have a Jewish education of any kind, except the baseline Jewish education of being a New Yorker. But I did not I did not go out of my way to consume anything Jewish when I was growing up. And so uh, delving into this literature has been an interesting way of rounding out what I picked up in Steiner. So in the Steiner program, I I learned about the existence of many more authors from Yiddish literature than I would ever be able to read. And I was probably one of the less knowledgeable people in the room at the time. So it's been great to gain some expertise in the in this literary field through being a steward. And I you know, I've been in plenty of literature seminars in my life, but being in one that's special to Jewish literature is very interesting. And, you know, it's not that every, it, not every book can reach every person in a book club like this, because the books are written by very different people. They're very different genres. So for me, I find that I'm compelled by novels and memoirs, but I know that other people in the club have really been attached to the short stories. So there's something for everybody, I think. Well, we have a couple of really good books coming up this year. Um, Gladstein, which is memoir um, and novel-esque, um, is really, I think, an amazing book. And I can't wait to see the conversation around that, um, which will be very, very interesting. Also fascinated by the kinds of questions that you come up with. You're an interesting I hope this sounds okay. It's a very interesting thinker, Max. Um, and you think broadly um, and you connect things. I mean, I think literature is a reflection of contemporary culture, whether it was written in 1910 or, you know, uh, 2020. Uh, and you you seem to really kind of zero in on that and the kinds of questions that you pose to the book club members. I've also found it interesting that there, you know, we are a multi-generational book club, safe to say, uh, with members, you know, 1,400 uh, book club participants around the globe. Um, So uh, when you're working on moderating and facilitating all of this, how do you keep that in mind? Or do you pose the questions that you're curious about? And there's no right or wrong answer there. Well, I... You know, I read the books with a pencil in hand and I make little notations on the side. And then I have a list of things that I've been thinking about. And so those are the sort of source material for the questions that I pose to people in the book club. But I, do, you know, I do have an academic side, but I also think that 
a book club does not have to be a literature class. So I also like to ask questions like, as simple as who was your favorite character, which is a little bit simplistic maybe for, you know, a, a course, but for a book club, it gives people a chance to see themselves in the characters and it gives you a chance to sort of express your identity through your relationship to the book. So I like using the book club as a chance to prompt people to think about their lives a little bit and how their lives might be reflected in the books that we're reading. And the, the challenge that I think has to be overcome is how to make a book that is from say 1920 feel that it is not just related to your life, but actually has an urgent bearing on it. Like how, how can it feel important to read a book that is from so long ago where we didn't know the people who lived in that world. But it turns out that a lot of these books touch on universal themes. So for instance, one of the very first books we read was The Brothers Ashkenazi by I.J. Singer. And that is sort of an epic novel that to me read a little bit like Russian literature. And that could have easily been the capstone book in a course on Yiddish literature, but it also could have been a serialized TV show. So I also like to ask people, who would you have cast in this if it were a TV show? That's not a question that you would ask college students in a, in a literature seminar. And you get very interesting answers back, I have to say. Yes. Well, the stranger the questions, the more provocative the disagreements. So <laughs> I, I do like leaving the mode of neutrality. I like asking people to commit to an opinion. It's also interesting because I find, and maybe I'm going to just, for our listeners who don't know about the Great Jewish Books Club, um, explain that we read primarily work in translation, that we suggest we select, um, this year we'll select four four works. And there's a private Facebook page, and that's where most of this activity takes place. We also do a public program interview, mostly with the translator and a, a podcast for each of these. And we'll be announcing at the end of this, your more expanded role in book club going forward. But um, so most of this is taking place um, in this private Facebook page, all of the commentary that you're referring to. And it's been interesting to me to read the comments because it sends one off in all sorts of different directions as well. People discover interesting pieces that were written about the writer or about the book. And has that sent you down rabbit holes that you might not have otherwise gone down? Yeah, it has. I mean, it's always interesting to see where people land when they decide to do a little more research on their own. So some of our book club participants have found articles published in Ingeweb, which is really the leading academic journal of Yiddish studies. It's published fully online. So we're, we're reading works that scholars are interested in as well. And the book club is sort of a foundation for finding out more. And then the Yiddish Book Center also has staff who put together pages of reading resources. And those reading resources could be like a whole reading list in and of themselves. I mean, they tend to be very generous. They uh, can include bits of oral history. They can include uh, articles or reviews. And so I find that different people tend to seize on different things. And uh, 
another kind of rabbit hole that has appeared is that uh, I like to ask people to introduce themselves at the beginning of the year if they want to be an active participant. It is nice to know who your friends in the book club are. And people find that they live near each other or at one point there was even an in-person group that was organized to to chat so socially I think it's a very uh, a very beautiful thing yeah and and again I think some of the conversations that go on between various generations I think that happened with the Hava Rosenfarb survivors which we read a few years ago the interpretations were so different um And and yet it was just such a fascinating kind of ping pong back and forth of comments and and questions. Yeah. Um, So, um, you know, do you have a favorite so far? Well, let me think. I Gleekel's memoir is really one of my favorites because I found that utterly transporting uh, and strange. But I would like to mention another one too. So the I was familiar with the poet Anna Margolin from the Steiner program where I read some of her poetry, but there's an entire book of her poetry called Drunk from the Bitter Truth. And I think Anna Margolin was a deeply unhappy person that is sort of on record that she had a terrible temper and that she was very moody. Um, but you know, she produced some of the most beautiful poetry that there is. So reading one or two poems, you get a very particular sense of how she wrote, but reading an entire book, you begin to feel that her poetry is really, an, it's, it's a whole world unto itself. And one of the activities we did for that book was that I invited people to record themselves reading the poems. And that was fun because so I, I, recorded an, I recorded one of the poems that I tried to read aloud in my best poet voice. Um, and one of our participants said something like, you're, you're reading it in such a muted way. This is how it should be done. And she uploaded her own version, which was a much more dramatic reading of the poem. And I really liked the way that she did it. So, you know, working with that book didn't just make me think about that particular author, Anna Margolin, but just, you know, how should we be reading poems in the first place? Should they be quiet and contemplative or should they be stormy and fierce? I don't know. It's so interesting. Anita Norwich, um, professor, translator, scholar, did a program several years ago on women poets and poetry is not my thing, but it was fascinating because she did read into that the voice of the poet and many of these women are really strong voices um they are Mm -hmm. not quiet or muted they're they're sort of they have that um ah yeah honesty and raw fierce voice so it, it it's fun that you thought of doing the exercise where you read it it's always interesting to me you know with contemporary writers, you can go to a reading and you can hear their voice. And so when I'm reading, I hear their um, their voice, their intonation. But we're not, we don't have the advantage of that with these works in translation because they're primarily by writers who have passed away long ago. Um, 
And I mentioned that, um, Max, it's exciting. We're about to launch 2023 Great Jewish Books Club. We'll tell listeners how they can uh, participate, but happy to ex- uh, announce that you will have an expanded role this year, um, building on all that you've done in the past. We'd love to get you more involved um, and are thrilled that you will be more involved. Um, you'll be much more of a voice in the conversation on the private Facebook group. Um, We'll try to get more and more chatter there. And you'll also continue to bring back these smaller group conversations and possibly some Facebook Live. So you talk a little bit about how those smaller group um, conversations were took place and what you'll be doing with those. Yeah. So a few years ago, we tried running some small group conversations with about I think eight to 10 people. Uh, Those were really fun because it is much more close to the traditional book club experience of gathering with a few people and chatting about a book. But since we're all in different places, we have to do it online. That's really the only way we can do it. So uh, yeah, so back then what we did was we would uh, go around and also our impressions of the book and then maybe look at a couple of specific passages that were particularly interesting and brought out the themes. So, and part of what is, part of what was so fun about it is that, as you said before, it's a very intergenerational experience. People do the book club with their parents or uh, with their friends. So it's an opportunity to hear from people's reactions at very different times in life. And Um, mm -hmm. go ahead, go ahead. Oh, and I, I really enjoy doing the the in-person or sorry the online conversations because committing your opinions to a Facebook comment can be I think a little bit uh, it, it can feel like you're really putting yourself out there but it's very easy to just sit around and chat. And I, I think people enjoy the the chat aspect of it, which is why we're going to try to bring more of that back. Um, I will mention that we keep the Facebook group private just so that you know, you don't have to feel so much like you're out there on a um, soapbox, but, but I hear you. And for those who are interested in learning more about book club, visit yiddishbookcenter.org slash book dash club. Um, participation is free. You just need to uh, send us your email so that we can send you information about all the programming that Max and I have just discussed, uh, along with the links to the book club uh, resource pages, which are really rich content. So you'll get uh, a special book club e-news with all of this information and um, in it for each of the selections. Uh, we begin reading in February. So to learn more, again, yiddishbookcenter.org slash book club. And before before I let you leave, Max, I hope you'll let me ask you this question, which is, what do you think Max and Uriel would make of all of the work that you're doing in Yiddish? Oh, gosh, they would probably be really concerned about my level of uh, Yiddish fluency um, and my accent. But I think they would be particularly bothered by my Yiddish R's, which I've always had trouble with. But I also think that they would be very pleased in a way. And also, I think my grandmother, Uriel's uh, wife, being a wine rake, would be, I just think she'd be interested to know that I'm still doing something with it. 
Well, we're delighted that you are you are doing more with it um, and that you'll be more and more involved with this. So thanks again for joining me today. Thanks for all your work. And um, I look forward to reading with you in 2023. Yes, thanks so much for having had me. You have been listening to The Schmooze, a production of the Yiddish Book Center in Amherst, Massachusetts. To learn more about this podcast and to subscribe, visit YiddishBookCenter.org. I'm Elizabeth Carteropoli. Until next time, be well and be healthy.